From one islander to another, Isle of Wight Radio proudly presents John Hannam Meets. Delighted to say I'm backstage at the Mayflower, Southampton, talking to two of the Calendar Girls, the musical, and two ladies I've met before and never tire of meeting. The wonderful Ruth Maddock and Denise. Do you prefer a Welsh or Welch? Well, it's Welsh. It's, so it's, it sounds S-H, but it's uh, spelt C-H. Because I interviewed Bruce Welch the other week, and he said... He called himself Welsh, but his son says, no, it's Welch. So you prefer Welsh, do you? Yeah, I think so. I've never really said, well, I've never really thought of that. It's normally, is it Denise or Denise? Never is it Welsh or Welch, so there you go. No, no, yeah. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what I say. What's (laughs) your name? Denise Welsh. Yeah. Yeah, Denise Welsh. Yeah. Yeah. My eyes are still a bit watery because I've just seen Calendar Girls and... uh, Particularly the second half, it just never stopped. And I think the the sort of nude scene, if you like, is is better than the movie and better than the actual legitimate sort of stage play. I think you do it better. It's beautifully done. Well, in the stage play, in my humble opinion, it was in the wrong place. The actual calendar scene, the nude scene, when they shoot the calendar. It was the end of the first half. Yes. So what do you do in the second half? All you do is talk about one another and the backgrounds and Napoli and all the rest of it. And I think they've got it in the right place. It's obvious they have it in the right place now. And the way I think that they've actually handled it is very right. Because I stood there. I don't know about you, Denise, but I mean, I stood on that stage one night and I thought, this is like a pop concert at the end. (laughs) And it is. Because you've, you've done the calendar and it's got them all, you know, screaming their heads off and, you know, clapping and crying and all the rest of it. And then you've got that cracker. Whoever thought about that, it's a genius. Yeah. But it is very pop. cracker. It is very, you know, a pop concert type thing all we need are those flares going off (laughs) and we'd be there you know it's very i mean we've done something like 150 shows and we've had 150 standing ovations oh yeah wow yeah Yeah. even on a wet wednesday in stoke you know we've still we've still got them whooping and cheering yeah it is marvelous i mean it, it really is it's just um and i think they've got it right this time as far as entertainment is concerned but if you want to have a thought-provoking sort of two and a half hours in a theatre, then the play is the one to go and see. But that is very thought-provoking. This is just sheer entertainment, I think, from beginning to end, because there's some great lines in the first half as well. Yes. You know, and you get to know. They've, they've handled it all. And bringing in... I think Mr. Barlow has been wonderful yeah, for this piece. Yeah, and I think that it's very important for Tim and Gary that this is a play with music and not a musical. Mm. Um, because, you know, I, I, I've got friends who go, oh, I don't like musicals. And I think what they mean is there are many musicals which are merely a coat hanger on which to hang some superb songs. So you're not really listening very much to the story, which is quite weak, but then there are these fantastic, you know, glitter cannons and great big songs. This is not like that. Every single character, the song means something. And we all, well, you'll have noticed, most of us talk our way into the song. So it's not an intrusion. It sort of adds to it. 
And yeah, it's a, it's a joy to play. I've done many shows in 40 years, some great ones and some complete turkeys. <laughs> but of all of them, I've never done one that has as much impact on an audience that this ever in 40 years. I have spoken to one other lady about bigger buns, and that was Celia Imbri, of course, who was in yes. the movie. She lived on the Isle of Wight for about 20 years, so I got to know her well. So uh, <laughs> Yes, it's, uh, it's great to be associated with that... Um, with that line yeah absolutely absolutely because of course I'd been a huge fan of the of the play I'd seen Ruth in the play and Mm -hmm. you know Linda Bellingham and many of my friends had done the play over the years so it's it's a joy to be in this it's a line that's waited for isn't it some musicals and plays have got special lines like the handbag in whatever that's right absolutely yeah Yeah. Yeah. you don't tour that often do you because last time we met was in still magnolias Mm -hmm. we were here at the Mayflower it was about eight years ago because I'd yeah, I'd, you hadn't toured for about eight years. No, had. I hadn't. Um, well, I think because my... I mean, Louis's 17 now, so my maths isn't very good, John, Ruth. I don't know what he would have been then, but I think when you... are nine. Yeah, I think when your kids are, are, are little. And, and, I, you know, I had some quite personal struggles for, 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 for some years as well, so it didn't suit me to go off on, on tour. And the project has to be right, you know. if you, I love working, John, but I also love not working. So I... You know, I if I go on tour with something, you're going to be away from your family. I mean, Ruth's all right. She's got she's got John who sat here. She's got him rubbing her back and doing all sorts of things <laughs> in their dressing room. And um, but but yeah, but this is and this mm-hmm. is you know this is quite a long tour. But as I say, it's it's a great bunch of people, six or seven calendar girls. But there's a cast of twenty. Yes. So yeah. You made a very early debut at an Isle of Wight circus, didn't you? Oh my. God. Do you remember that? I do. You're talking about the the clown, my mum thing. Yes. So I'll tell. Ruth know won't this. know this. My mum was. She was someone that could throw different clothes together, cheap as chips, but always looked incredibly stylish. When I was about nine, my sister and I and my mum and dad went to holiday on the Isle of Wight, and we had these sort of navy knickers, which were like those school knickers that you wear, and my mother went. I'm going to put you in those with a blazer because that's how the French look. They look really chic. And I remember thinking, I'm wearing pants. I'm wearing my school pants and my mother's making me go out. And she made us go out wearing this outfit to the Isle of Wight Circus. And Coco, the bleeding clown, went, <laughs> right, we need a young girl to come us and help us on stage, and pointed at me. And I felt like when you're in one of those dreams and everything goes into slow motion oh, and, and, and everyone's laughing in the audience and you're stood there like the Emperor's new clothes. It was horrendous. Oh, my God, how do you even remember that, John? <laughs> wow, the Isle of Wight. We used to holiday there many times. I know you did, yeah. Well, I'm talking to you, obviously, two best-selling books you've had, autobiographies, and you had a hit record, didn't you? Well, you, you say a hit record, John, which is very kind of you, but <laughs> I, 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 did have a, I did have a single out when I was doing Soldier, Soldier, purely because it. of that. Yeah. You've got it. Yes. Oh, my God, you need to get out more. And um, I... Um, I, yes, it went straight in at number 23 and straight out the following week, but I had a week of being a pop star in the charts. I'll tell you what, Jimmy Nail, who you work with, obviously, he had a new record and you came in higher than him in the he charts. Did. Do you remember that? And I remember that? I was in the car with Matthew and it's four of his pals after a birthday party and they must have been about, about six or something. And I remember it was in the old days when you listened to the top 40 rundown and it went at 27, at 23, da, 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 and it said... Um, 
at 24, Jimmy Nail and Big River, but straight in at number 23 is Denise Welsh, and that was my, that was, that was, was absolutely, it, called, it was, it was Dusty's You Don't Have to Say You Love Me, because oh, I lovely. sang it, because Robson and Jerome had gone on to do, a, to do Unchained Melody off the back of Soldier Soldier, so my character... Um, then had to become a, a club singer with a drink problem and go figure. And um, so I did in one episode, Dusty's You Don't Have to Say You Love Me. They were trying to emulate Robson and Jerome's success. It didn't work, but it was fun being a pop star for a month. <laughs> oh, you, uh, Ruth, one opportunity knocks, which I never knew. And you were in Fiddler on the Roof, weren't you, the, the movie? Yes. In the dream yes, sequence, right? Yes. It? But, you know, it's very interesting because, you know, I had, we had, all of us in Heidi High, had a huge success. And I, you know, I was terribly prissy, really, when I think back on it. Because I was offered, uh, somebody came along and said, would you do a record? And, of course, I didn't. I just said, oh, no, I don't do things like that. I'm an actress. <laughs> How prissy can well, you be? Well, my get? agent fell out with me because oh. of that very reason. Because I was in my late 30s. And my agent said, oh, this is incredibly naff, darling. And I just went, do you know something? Because I'm not a singer. Ruth's a singer. I'm not a singer. And so I just thought at 37, when is anybody going to come and knock on me? Well, you, well you're absolutely record. right. I mean, I should be made to do things. I should be made to write the book and all the rest of it. Because it was all there. And of course, I was being awfully sort of, you know, well, prissy. Prissy, really. I do reflect on it. And I actually think how very silly I was. Not but to cash in. the time in. to do your book. I will do, I will do. Because, as I said to you, John, this is probably my yeah. last big tour. Uh, purely because um, I will be in my mid-70s by the time you leave, um, actually, Denise, and I have to carry on for another six months. So um, I'll be well, well into my 70s. So I've decided it's going to be my last big tour, this, and I'm going to enjoy the fruits of my labour, which I've never been able to do. And funny enough, I was talking to my daughter yesterday uh, from Gibraltar, and she said, oh, Mum, she said, are you all right? I said, yes, I'm fine now, you know. She said, are they looking after you? I said, yes, of course. So I said, you know, I'm, Denise is my friend, and, it, and she knows that. And um, it, because it's funny how you sort of gravitate towards people, you know, um, in it. And um, she was saying, all right, but we, we'll be ever so glad when you finish it, Mum. And I thought, well, yes, she's right, because, uh, you know, they don't want sort of, when I finish it, somebody that's, you know, fit for nothing, not fit to be a grandmother, be a grandma, you know, absolutely. and all the rest of it. So I'm, 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 this will be my last big tour. I'll probably do a small play. You know, like, uh, you know, Aggie Christie or something well, like yeah, that. Well, yeah, but all tellies and you bits know. and bobs. Oh, and I'll do that sort too, of yeah. thing. But I won't do a huge musical, you know, again. My current guests are Ruth Maddock and Denise Welsh, two of the stars in the current musical tour of the Calendar Girls. They are at the Mayflower Southampton until January the 19th. And at the end, I'll give a string of further dates as they tour throughout Britain. Heidi, hi! Hello, listeners. You are listening to John Hannam Meets. 
I can remember when millions of us young guys fell in love with Gladys Pugh, yeah. of course. <laughs> that sort of changed your life, didn't it? Oh, of course it did. And I was yeah. nearly 40 when I did that, anyway. Yes. And I'd been around for a long, long time before Heidi High. Um, I mean, I'd done Hunter's Walk on telly and I'd done a lot in Welsh, uh, you know, in the on Welsh television. I'd done the film of Fiddler, I'd done the film of Undermilk Wood. You know, I'd done an awful lot before Heidi High, really. So Heidi High came and one was appreciative of it, actually. But, you know, it didn't, it wasn't the greatest thing in my career. Because really, working with someone like Burton well, and George C. Scott and Bernice Bourne, I was a big popular television. Yeah, but it audience. did bring me to the yes. fore, and of course, that's why, thirty-five years, forty years later, I'm still here, and it, it is because of what happened yeah. then, you know. Was that similar to you with Soldier Soldier? Yes, kind of. And I was in my late 30s mm. and, and Coronation Street, you mm. know, because people mm. still, well, if you've done a soap, people always say, you know, Coronation Street. And I go, you know, that was 20 years ago. But I think with the similar with you, we were of a similar age when we sort yeah. of came to the public, yeah. you know, but we yeah. both had a career before yeah. that. And that's what I say to young people. You know, these, everybody these days wants a quick fix to something. You know, and I say, my husband didn't become an artist till he was 40. You and I didn't become known till we were 40. Yeah. It's not just about television, I say to the kids. Get out and do theatre. Do your oh, apprenticeship. Yeah. Learn how to You've do it. You've got to learn how to do it. Yeah. So when you are there, it doesn't phase you and yeah. it doesn't throw you. Um, because otherwise you're here today and gone tomorrow. Absolutely. You know. When you were in Corrie, because you only went in for a, a month or so. A three-month stint it was meant yeah. to be. Seven, no, it wasn't even that. It was 17 episodes, which you it? can do in three weeks, to be honest. If you're doing, you know, they do about five a week. And you ended up the landlady. I did. I, I, yeah, well, yeah, because when I went in, I mean, I never thought about it as being a long-term thing, simply because the, the producer, Brian Park, at the time, said to me, this character is going to come in and break up the Websters, who had been the happiest family in the street. And he said... Um, and, and so it's a three-month job. So that's how I viewed it. I was thrilled to go into it because I'd always wanted to. You know, it became like a cult thing to want to do an episode of it or whatever. But um, so, so yes, yeah, so I, I, I thought that Natalie would go in, break the marriage, Kevin and Sally would get back together and Natalie would be gone. But I think it, the writing was so good around that time that the public enjoyed having someone that they loved to hate. So that's why that she kept going but then they had to soften her a bit in order for her to stay there because she was so vile at the beginning but of course once they tried to soften her they have ended up turning her into emily bishop and then it was just like <laughs> nowhere to nowhere to go but uh, i have fond memories but it was um it, it, it yes it was so it was it was meant to be you know a few episodes and it was it was four years but i was i was read, ready to go are men terrified when they go on loose women i i when i occasionally watch loose women and you get a, a guy on i wonder what they're thinking are yeah. they scared of you girls or not really not really not really i i don't think so people apparently they always sit and cover their their private bits apparently <laughs> oh, do they? so psychologically maybe they are <laughs> i mean as i say it, it's i haven't done loose women for five years you know I, I i left for various reasons and um so to be asked back has been great especially because we get mondays off sometimes don't we so at least i can pop up and and do it so i'm not doing it all the time i'm doing it now, now and again but hopefully when i finish i'll get to do i'll get to do some more but they have a loose men now i think how I do they yeah where they have two men on sometimes and sort of shake it up shake it up a little bit yeah 
Oh, that's good. Yeah, so they have two, oh, they have, they have two men on. Have you ever been asked to go in the jungle or not really? Oh yeah, I was asked to do the jungle. I was asked to do, last year, I was asked to do uh, Strictly. Oh yeah? Yeah, but the thing was, I again, you see, being bits of daft really, I suppose, um, I thought, oh no, I can't do that It's at 75 because it was only last year, and the why they asked me was because I did that full Monty thing yes. on ITV, mm-hmm. you know, the um, breast cancer and, and bared my bosoms to the nation. And, for a um, Yeah, for a change. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I said no to it, no. But anyway, it would have clashed with this, and I couldn't have done the two. Ruth, please do the jungle. I would give anything to see Ruth in the jungle. I would pay extra time. Can you imagine me with bugs? Oh, my God. John, please make it happen. (laughs) Well, I don't know. Um, Funny enough, I've got... Do you know, if you're not going to tour anymore, that's the kind of thing now that you can think, do you know? Oh, yes, I might. I might do something for a laugh. Well, it would would be a laugh, wouldn't it? It would be a laugh for us. (laughs) Well... I, must, I did a thing um, called, um, which is coming out actually, uh, this month or next, called Hard to Please Old Age Pensioners Right. for ITV. And it's all about old age pensioners being given gadgets and they don't know <laughs> how to use them, which is typical of me actually, I do have to say. But anyway, I, I, my episodes were with Harry Redknapp, who was super. We went on to a golf course and they had this sort of like segue thing with the actual golf clubs on it. Uh, and of course, I, I fell off it, didn't I? You know, <laughs> oh, fabulous. You know, and he was wonderful. He was great. That's one episode. And it's all about, you know, um, flasks of tea and trying to cook a meal, you know, in the open air. Then oh, I we did. That. Yeah, it was good fun. It was good fun to do. Then I did another one where I had a Tesla car and it broke down. <laughs> in oh, a thunderstorm yeah. that was dreadful and there I was trying to find an electric plug so I could I could actually charge, charge up, up the battery you see of it and I who did I have with that Lionel Blair and John Sargent with me oh. in that one and of course they oh, oh yeah so I was the one that had to go out in this thunder and lightning I hope this crew this film crew know what they're doing because I could see me being blown up, blown up yeah. you know, but anyway, but anyway, I did find one eventually and we sat there and then we got an Uber car to get us down to, to um, South End with that one. Then I did another one with the lovely Ian Whitehouse, who is Jack Whitehouse's father. Oh yes, because they do a show together, don't yeah, they? Yeah, that was really super and we went on to a camping site. And uh, we had blow-up tents. So, again, all these men were so impractical. I sat him down, got him with the instructions, said, you shout out the instructions and I'll do the physical. (laughs) So that was good fun. So I think they've all cut together quite well, apparently. And there should be another series of that. Oh, wonderful. Can I just mention, (laughs) recently you were on Doctors with Sue Pollard, weren't you? (laughs) And Paul Chuckle. Yes. yes, bless Paul, because he yeah. lost his brother. Yes, he did. About three weeks after, two yeah. weeks after it, actually. Yeah. That was fun, though, wasn't it? Seeing oh, yes. Well, you know, 
Yes, I haven't actually seen it. I've oh, you? with you, John. Uh, <laughs> I, I was doing a matinee and I forgot to record it, but um, I'm sure it was fine. Yeah. And, of course, Little Britain you've done as well, which is oh, yeah, so yeah. different from anything yeah. else you've ever done. Yeah, yeah. It's always a buzz to talk to you. Uh, I know you're having a break in between shows. We actually met first time ever many years ago in Southampton we when did? you were doing a pantomime. <gasps> Do you remember? The Guildhall. <laughs> It, that was at the Guild Hall. Yes, oh, it was. Because they had shut this, Denise, because they were trying to put in Les Mis in the new year and they had to have that rotary yes. thing in Les Mis. Right. So they decided that they didn't have a pantomime. For, so for the ratepayers, they decided to have one in the Guild Hall. And I'm not kidding you. The actual um, stage was like a postage stamp. You used to have to climb up a couple of steps to get onto the stage at the back. At the back of the stage, there was a corridor about as wide as this that led to the council offices. So that was our dressing room over there. (laughs) And I'm talking of about 12 foot wide for listeners, this actual corridor. And you'd be standing there in all your glory. I was playing Fairy Goblin Cinderella. And they come up to you, the punters, and they'd say, Excuse me, do you know where so and so council is? I've got to pay my rates or, or whatever. Up. All dressed up and nowhere to go. You know, I mean, it was hysterical. Uh, I have never laughed so much in uh, pantomime in all my life. The first night took five hours. <laughs> oh my, and we had the Lord Bear and Lady Bearess in the front seat, and the, and the, the, um, the actual ponies pupped. Oh, did they? oh, it was wonderful <laughs> on the carpet because we couldn't get them on the days on the on on the stage. They were oh, it was awful. <laughs> anyway, love, we've survived it all. You certainly That's why have. You've got to do your book. Yeah. It's a real thrill to talk to you as ever, and yeah. uh, currently in calendar girls. The Indeed, musical. really enjoying myself and taking your clothes off. Indeed, yeah. why not? Why not? Put that light out. I'm trying to relax and listen to John Hannum. I talked to Ruth about reality. You've done one or two. You, you did the ice, didn't you? I did Dancing on Ice. Yeah. And, um, you were good in that. Well, I wasn't good, but, but I was the oldest at the time to have done it. And I stayed in for nine weeks. I mean, wow. I, it, was, it was nice in a way because I was voted so low by the judges. I mean, you know, but that meant that the public had to vote harder to get me through. You know, so I was, if you're at the top of the leaderboard, three people have to ring in and vote for you. But if you're at the bottom, a lot do. So I was doing it for the, for the entertainment value and, and, you know, like empowering for the older birds. And it was really great fun. And I made a great friend in Matt Evers, who's my friend to this day. So it was, uh, and I'm enjoying that it's back on screens again. And I've read your books and you didn't like celebrity Big Brother. No, I didn't no. like that. It was a pretty dark time in my life and I shouldn't have gone into that, but I, for many reasons I was told it was a good idea and that there were going to be two projects on the table for me at Channel 5 if it rated well and it was all a load of B-O-L-L dot 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 um, and I won it, I did win it, but it was a hollow victory because it was such a miserable time. I was grateful to the people who voted for me, but it was kind of like they just felt sorry for me, I think. It was a very miserable time. The people in there were very nice. But the public nice. like you. They love you, the public, well, don't they? Well, they've been supportive. In, in, yeah, yeah, they, they, they were. The press weren't when I came out. The press were horrible. Um, but um, but a lot of stories had been sold, as I then discovered. So it was it was just a bit of a dark time. But, but um, 
I'm, um, you know, but I, I did it. And some people who've been in Celebrity Big Brother have had a right laugh, you know. And I just, um, I, I, I just, I, I just didn't. There was some lovely people in there, but there was some people that I would literally never want to see again that were not very nice people at all. I love your books because you're very honest and you can help people that may be suffering from certain things, which I think is terrific. Well, mental illness has always been an arc in, in, in the books for me. I mean, I, I do my novels, I do myself, but these I did with a lady called Rebecca Cripps. And I find she's great, Ruth. And I find that by doing massive interviews, I can get everything out much more. Because somehow in fiction, it'll flow more. But sitting down writing about myself, I get these massive blocks. And, mm. you know, whereas talking about, them, talking about them, you think, well, just like you said there, I, you know, about the, the pink shirt and the, then that's reminding me of Brighton days yeah. and stuff. But I need those triggers to sort of mm. r remind me on. So, but yes, I, I am, I am very honest in, in, in there. And, you know, mental illness has shaped my life since Matthew was born and he's nearly 30. Yeah, it has been something I've lived with for many, many years. And so many things that have gone wrong in my life, I don't ever make excuses for things I've done, but there are sometimes reasons for for things, you know, sort of self-medication and whatnot. But that's all in the past now, and I feel we like I'm a different mistakes, person. We all make mistakes, don't we? We yeah, all look we back do. and think we, we should do. have done that. I really enjoyed today's show, and it's always nice to see you. I love you in pink, by the way, because you had a nice pink dress on this I did. afternoon. And I will let you know, that's my very own. That, Is it? That's my, I don't wear it now, but I, I've given it to the show because I just, I like that colour pink. And, um, and so, yeah, so that's nice. Thank you. Thanks for your time, Denise. And Thank you. I wish you good health and good luck in the future. Thanks very much, John. Thank you. It's great. He's got a swell personality, he meets and greets the stars with such amenity, good enough to make you coming out of the street, John Hannamay. That's right. Grateful thanks to Denise and Ruth, two lovely ladies. I did promise some dates after Southampton. These include Dublin, Norwich, Aberdeen, Dartford, Sunderland, Woking, Sheffield, Oxford, Cardiff... Southend, Belfast, Birmingham, Glasgow, Nottingham and Bristol. You've been listening to John Hannah Meets, courtesy of Isle of Wight Radio. Don't forget to look at my website, johnhannam.com, for news of more interviews and how you might purchase my books. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye for now.